All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast, coming to you with some new content for a new month. You know, we definitely had a very good February from it just being Black History Month to us being able to partner with The Lash Doctor for a giveaway to us releasing a very nice video done by my boy Wilson, man, and getting a lot of feedback and love on that. But, you know, the the grind continues, the craft continues. So very excited to be sitting down with my guy, Anthony, today, man, somebody who from the time that we were able to connect on social media, because I've never met him in person, but from the time we connected, showing nothing but love, giving me feedback, commenting on the post, shared the post, and on top of all that, still has branded himself, still practices his craft, as y'all can see from the dope setup he has in the back. He got a little bit of everything going on, but he's definitely going to, you know, we're going to pick his brain today, and maybe he can even offer a service or a product to you when it's all said and done. So, Anthony, how you doing, bro? How's everything? Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying life. It's a, another day in the studio. Uh, I'm just, you know, banging out some work. Okay. Come on now, when you're in your studio, when you're in your creative space, a time to really be you, it's no better feeling than that, no better blessing than that. So for the people out there, man, I know we're going to have some, I know we're going to have some newcomers. I know we're going to have some people from your side tapping. I know we're going to have some people from my side who show love. Can you, one, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then can you, two, tell us what brings you on the podcast today, man? We see the studio set up. So what you got for us? Right, right. Okay. So for those who don't know, my name is Anthony on IG. I go by Sneaker Fair Kicks. Man, I'm a 33. Uh, I'll be 33 as of the day this post. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I do is I I customize uh, sneakers. So that's that's why you see all this setup. It's a uh, paint, all this setup. So I customize sneakers. You know, so a uh, full time full time gig. So um, you know, I just do a lot of a lot of exclusive. You know, big projects. As far as customizing goes, I mean, I've been I've been in art for thirty years now. So I live in Chicago. What got me on the podcast? I mean, was obviously you know connected with my boy Tamar over here, and uh, you know I just had to get on, show him some love. You know, I feel like it's this is a, a growing industry of uh, customizing sneakers, and so I just wanted to share some light on it and uh, share my perspective with the people, bro. Absolutely, man. Okay, so one, the birthday blessings. Look at the time in the net. So I, lo- I love to hear that. I love to see that most definitely. So definitely, you know, wishing you more life, more blessings, more success, a little bit of everything. But okay, you you, you sparked my interest very early, man. You said full time. You said 30 years. You said, you know, so, okay, how, how, really, that's my question, how, but I'm going to kind of dive a little bit deeper. Right, so right, at right. what point did you... Like you said, you've been in art 30 years. So was it, one, was it always sneaker customization? Did you start off maybe like painting, drawing? Did you always just kind of have the niche when it came to like sneakers? Uh, No. So it wasn't always sneakers. I didn't get into that till like middle school. So it was always like drawing and stuff. So I started drawing when I was four. And uh, that that just started as a thing to keep me busy because uh, like... Uh, at that point, like my dad was, uh, you know, always at work. My mom stayed at home during that point in time. And, uh, you know, I guess I was, you know, driving up the wall. So what she did was she uh, she gave me some construction paper, gave me some crayons and said, hey, do your thing. And so my response was like, do what? You know, and she was like, I don't know, just uh, use your imagination, which, you know, I guess turned out to be the magic words. So what got me into like doing it, like taking it real serious was for whatever reason. 
and they'll probably kill me for saying this, was that they never cut the front grass. I don't know what was going on. They never cut the front grass, right? So it was always like bees and stuff, like in the grass. And every time I would go outside, bro, I promise I would get stung. Like I was getting stung like multiple times in like a week, bro. I don't know what was happening. So I got to a point where I was like, forget it. I'm not going outside. I'm just going to play around the house. I don't care, you know. And so that led to her giving me the construction paper and uh, the famous words, use your imagination. And I mean, it stuck. It was something I could do years in when I started to go to like school and stuff like that. That was what I did to pass time. It was what I did when I didn't want to go outside, keep me out of trouble, uh, things like that. And the uh, the fam, you know, I don't know how, was, you know, scraping together money for me to take like personal lessons and uh, to go to like the Art Institute uh, of Chicago in the summer and stuff like that. So I was fortunate to have it like reinforced in me, you know, like, OK, this is possible. This is something that you could do, like whatever, however you want to take it, however you however far you want to go. Uh, the, the possibilities are there for you. So uh, that's how it started. But as far as uh, shoes go, shoes came into the picture uh, much later. So I was about 12, 13, probably 13. And I was getting ready to go into the new school year, right? So the issue was I was going to a new school year and they didn't have enough money for everybody to get new shoes that year. So I got left out because, you know, I got younger siblings. So I, I got left out of that one, which made sense. And, you know, and they was like, well, your shoes don't look too bad. You'll be all right. And I'm like, hey, you know, th this is a very important time to have like, you know, fresh, fresh clothes. Right. You know, your gear needs to be clean. I'm in middle school. Now we starting to get into reputations and like I can't go out like that. So. I took the crispiest white pair I had and I was like, you know what? I something, it's something I could do. And I just had an epiphany, was just like, yo, like go 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 in, go in the art box, get your stuff, and you know, just do something to them, whatever you think of. So I just, you know, I took like some uh some like paint markers I had and I just designed them up. And, you know, I took my happy self to school <laughs> was just like, at least I know, at least they look good to me. You know, if nobody likes them, I like them. And uh, so this is uh, 04 or 03. No, it was before that. But either way, like uh, Nelly had just recently dropped Air Force Ones, <laughs> the single. So, like, you know, everybody, you know, not only wanted Air Force Ones, but they wanted, like, custom Air Force Ones, because that was the whole point of that song, was that, you know, that he, that him and, you know, the lunatics had shoes nobody had. And so, people was coming to school in, like, all types of colorways, you know, and uh, Nike was producing crazy colorways for Air Force Ones in response to that song. Well, I come to school in shoes that it's impossible for anybody to have. So, you know, that turned into a thing of like, where you get them, you know, and how could, you know, this, that, and the third. And people knew that I drew. And so they was like, well, did you, did you do that to them? And so I was like, yeah, of course, you know, why, why wouldn't I? And that turned into like, a, um, uh, uh, at that point I wasn't selling them per se. 
you know, um, I was just like doing it just for fun. That turned into something in high school where I did make uh start to make money because I didn't work. I didn't work at all through through high school, but I made money through customizing stuff for people, which was comparable to like what a, a teenager would get, you know, in the early two thousands. So um that that's what kind of like solidified it as something to do outside of just doing regular artwork. So I did both, but um Later on in life, that's that's when I got into uh like really leaning into doing this as a full time uh career. Okay, I like that. I like that because one, I feel like you just took me on a journey, and I I love that just because I was I was walking you through though. Just I understand, I understand. You know, like you said, the reputation, the middle school. Right. Well, I've only been stung by a bee twice in my life. One time it was just at the pool when I was young, and another Ooh. time it was when I, I landscaped and we knocked down a hive. And unfortunately, I didn't run fast enough. So, <laughs> so I understand your sentiment of not wanting to go outside, not wanting to mess with them. I'm cool on the bees, just the same. But Man. also, in the same breath, I love the idea that you said, you know, your parents were scraping things together that reinforce, and but it but it reinforced something for you. And it's not yeah, the for same sure. for everyone. You know, being that young, you it's all about how you respond. It's all about how it, it kind of translates to you. But for you, it was just like, wow. One, I don't know how they're doing this, but two, they see my passion. They're invested in my passion. Wow, maybe I can really, you know, maybe this is really me using, my, I'm going to use my imagination and just see how far this can really take me. But then, you know, you go to school, you kind of take a leap of faith because customizing your own shoes, it could go one way or it could go another way, especially being in middle school, especially being honest kids. Kids, they're going to give it to you. Elementary, middle, those are two. <laughs> yeah, they're man. They're going to let you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. So, you yeah. know, but then it would be one of those things where, oh, wow. Oh, he got some fire. Like what, you know, what's that, what's, what's going on? And then from there, something to you, that's just fun. That's just a passion became a money-making opportunity. So I I, I love to kind of see that, that whole translation and really see it come full circle. Yeah, no okay, doubt. So at what point did you, so you basically said that you, you hopped into this full time. So thinking about the high school route, thinking about kind of how you started monetizing and making things happen from there. Yeah. What, what really, what really motivated you or what really kind of propelled you to start taking off because obviously from there you branded yourself sneaker fair kicks you've made things happen you even showed us some custom products you have a studio set up so right. what was that really like getting this all set up because like you said this is not the most like populous space i definitely know some people who do it i definitely even connected you um with somebody the other day who yeah, i said i just sure. met him he does that but this is not a space that you said this is not like a a clothing brand space or like makeup or like hair or something like that this is something that you really only perfect this niche if that's just what you can do because sneakers man that's a hard material especially if you're doing different ones to be customizing on and that's no a doubt palette smaller palette more specific i've seen sometimes you post you outline it first you got to trade you got to do the same process that you would just a regular painting or something like that so what really what was it for anthony that was just like okay it's time to brand myself it's time to make this happen oddly enough it was just reflecting on um some things so Prior to uh, going into sneaker customization full time, I had went into uh, being uh, just a traditional artist full time. So, man, it's been like six years now. Prior to that, uh, so that's 20, I'm going to say 2017. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was January, actually, the beginning of 2017. I had lost like a real good job. Um, I was, you know, I was having issues with... Uh, with management and you know that that never goes well you know I, it was it was just we didn't mesh you know and i was doing my best to try to like fit in 
and uh, like, you know, work for the team because I like doing team based things. It just didn't work. So, you know, I, I lost that job. And, uh, you know, I, I was just feeling real bad, real just just down because I'm like, man, you know, I got to at that time, my son was a lap baby. It's like, you know, I got a brand new child, you know, married. I got this house, all this stuff. And I just lost a real good job. Like, what do I what do I do? You know, I'm stuck, you know, like because now I got to start this process all over again, finding a comparable job, you know, and so. In order to keep me out of that that funk, I was like, you know, I got to do the one thing that gives me peace. So, you know, I was just creating and doing that. And I said, you know what, at this point, it's going to take it's going to take me, you know, I'm going to say a couple weeks at least to find a job that's worth it. So I'm going I'm, I'm to lean into studying social media. I'm going to lean into uh, improving my, my craft. And if things work, I'm just going to go full time if it works and so i mean it hit you know so for the first thing that hit for me was i landed this this big show in chicago where uh the the like the, the requirement to get in is that you have to sell i think it's like 400 dollars worth of tickets if you can sell 400 worth of tickets you get in the show so, you know, I and that was a hustle, man. You know, uh, shout out to my aunt. She came through in the end and bought like my last 20 tickets that I needed, you know, and that show, it was like thousands and thousands of people there. And all the work that I had been working on for like uh, the last like three months or so, like I nearly sold like all of it. And I mean, you know, I had my wife there. My dad was there. My grandmother, who uh, like really helped me get far and uh, like advancing my art skills, you know, was there. Like all the people who've been watching me, you know, my whole life was there and was able to see me, you know, like basically in my glory, see me do my thing and, you know, just sell artwork, bam, 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 you know. And that, you know, that, that was nice. And so that, that, that confirmed for me that, okay, you can do this if you apply and you work this hard continuously. So we can fast forward 20, uh, 2018, the army sent me to go take a class. And uh, that was when all the rumors about COVID was coming out. And, uh, you know, I was worried about what I would do as far as like being able to tour because I was doing like two shows every weekend. And that's how I was making making money. I was doing an art show at least one or two a weekend. But that was coming up and I'm like, man, like, I hope this doesn't get bad because, you know, I grew up through SARS, bird flu, uh, swine flu. You know, if you if you in your late 20s, early 30s or whatever, you know, you you grew up through that, you know. And so I'm like, man, like a lot of things like, you know, went to a screeching halt when that's when those uh, outbreaks happened. And so I was worried about that. And so I'm watching this every day because, you know, like CNN, CBS, all that stuff. If you want like a military installation, that stuff is on air, almost every TV that you can find because they, they pretty much just watch the news all day. So when I was there, the governor of Illinois shut down Illinois what, like within like the first week of me being there. And so my brain was like, all right. So, you know, that our shows are done, you know, for the time being, you got to pivot. So 
my brain was, you know, just like it's immediately what I thought about was like, okay, we going we going back to customizing sneakers and we're gonna lean into it. You know, like I would back then I was just doing them occasionally because, you know, it was my focus was just in a different spot. You know, I had the ability, but I had shifted focus. So it's like, okay, shift back because sneaker culture is going insane right now. You know, and now that everybody is going to be digital and going to be doing pretty much most of their lives digitally living in their homes, people are not going to be going out that much, you know, because everything was being shut down like this. Illinois shut down, then other states started shutting down just like that. Boom, 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 boom. So immediately I was like, this is the opportunity to uh to take everything that you've been studying for these past three years about social media, about how to brand and market yourself. You need to lean in now and, you know, and, but we're going to pivot from artwork and pivot to what is marketable right now. And it was just sneakers. So that was, that was the route I took. And I mean, like with just like that, you know, boom, I produced the, I produced the shoe when I got back home in like, uh, you know, a week and, you know, it, it was confirmation that, you know, it w- it was time to just you know, pivot from doing traditional art and go and just go and lean into doing sneakers uh, just full time. Wow. That's it's just crazy to whenever I personally recall pre-COVID memories or pre-pandemic memories, it's just it seems like the world was just totally different. So to hear about, you know, yeah. a lot of these things that you were doing pre, you know, it's just like, damn, like, yeah, we were just living life. Everything was OK. Everything was copacetic. We didn't really have to worry about this. But it's just so crazy how literally you wake up one day your whole world just feels shifted. Like everything just feels different. Like you said, I, I told my my family and friends at one point, this is like, they would ask me, you know, how I'm doing or like what's been going on. I'm just like, yo, I'm literally just taking it day by day. Like I, you yeah. can literally wake up tomorrow, we'd be on lockdown or you wake up. Like I remember I was in Philadelphia before I moved down here to uh, Tampa and we were on a curfew. But at the time I wow. was an essential worker, so I was working at Target. But I literally had to carry around a paper signed by my CEO and signed by my managers that said, hey, it's okay for him to be on the streets out after this time. He just got wow. off work. It was, bro, it was wild, like just depending on, you know, where you were, where you live, but just how, you know, it messed with a lot of people's businesses crash, whether that be your nine to five and you may be getting laid off or you may be having to to do something different, whether it be you went from being in the office to now being completely remote and having to set up at home and everybody not having the work set up. So maybe you having to find office space and things like that, or whether you just be a business owner or entrepreneur. And whereas you, you relied on, you know, customers, you relied on in person, you relied on events, shows, different things like that. Well, this is y'all way of just, y'all, y'all just put all that to an end. And y'all basically just telling us, well, help may be on the way, assistance may be coming soon. But for right, right. now, we're still, y'all kind of just got to fend for yourself. And it's just like, yo, that that can really, you know, put some people on panic mode or like, yo, like, you know, what do you want me to do? Especially when it, this is out of our control. We didn't start right. this. And like you said, we did do different things where the magnitude of it really caused things to shut down and change life as we know it. But this is something where I remember getting a job offer from a, a place in North Carolina and they literally told me, you know, well, look, this just happened or whatever. It is what it is. But look, we'll, once this once this is over, once this dies down, We'll reach back out to you. You're still our top candidate. Well, man, that was in 2019. And here we are. <laughs> right. 
it doesn't feel like this has died down the slightest. You know what I'm saying? Like, if anything, it's it's rapidly increased. So for me, I was hitting the company up for months like, yo, like, hey, just following up. Just wanted to make sure, you know, everything is still good. Well, three months, four months down the line, I felt like, you know, OK, I'm being annoying right now. Like, I got the job offer. I feel like I'm still applying for this at this point. So, you know what? I had to, you know, you had to make things shake. But that really just goes to show how the, the times we're living in. It's literally causing things to just go. You really just don't know what's happening, what's going on. But I'm glad that you were able to, you know hone in on that. So as yeah, I was no kind doubt. of touching more recently, yeah, and even just in the interview in general, something that I love just about what you do, why I admire it so much is just because it's so unique. I love sneakers. I love when they look good. I love customizing. So the fact that, you know, you put those two things together is dope to me. But at the same time, I also know this isn't just like regular art. Like every artist can't just do sneaker customizations. Every painter, every drawer, you know, that's not just their lane. That's not just their niche. And it's not to say that they're a bad artist, but that's just a really particular skill that you have to learn. And you have to really, every mm-hmm. sneaker is different. Every person is different, every design, all of that. So what would you say that from being an art at such a young age, from, from really going through everything from the middle school to the high school, to monetizing, to really getting into this lane, to the shows, to everything, what is something that sneaker customization has really taught you about this field? Whether it be something that, you know, it was a trial by fire type thing, a trial and error, you messed up, whether it just be something that you just had to learn, or maybe even something that after you said, you did some reflection, you found out, yo, this is, this is a different type of ball game. Like I really have to, you know, kind of shift my perspective a yeah. little bit when it comes to this field. Sneaker customization, oddly enough. So I've been doing it for like 20 years, you know, and I've seen a lot of things change, you know, like what people customize, what people consider to be a custom. I remember uh, when I first started this, a lot of people weren't interested in it because they considered it um, like basically bootlegging sneakers. But when I decided to lean into it full time, the realization I came to was, uh, oddly enough, the role that I wanted to play in the actual uh, community of um, sneaker customizers. And what I mean was that, so I got into um, I got into the social media aspect of sneaker customizing late. When I first started again, like 2002, 2003, there was no, there was no MySpace, Facebook, obviously no Instagram. Uh, Social media was like Black Planet, like stuff like that. It was individual websites, you know, and, and forums, you know, going in forums. So the, the large amount of information, no YouTube. So, you know, you had to learn by trial and error or know somebody who was successful at it. So I came to realize that uh, the ball game had changed because I started to discover groups like in Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And I started to see that unlike myself, a lot of artists were discovering their love for art or their artistic abilities through customizing sneakers. They hadn't stumbled on customizing sneakers you know, whatever way, like I did, they were, you know, people with a love of sneakers first and then a love of art. And so I started to see, you know, that a lot of, a lot of, uh, I'll say just like newer artists, they hadn't, they hadn't had the, the training on like how to do things. So they would, they would find difficulties with doing certain things. And to me, I'm like, oh, that's easy. But, you know, I would have to remember it's like, well, it's easy for me because I've had the experience and the training. 
you know, I'm at an advantage. Or I would see that like certain customs, um, as far as like behaviors, uh, certain customs were not observed by the uh, the custom sneaker community, like critiques. You know, they weren't familiar with uh, ways to critique that would not wind up with uh, like an argument or would not wind up with like, you know, breaking up friendships or things like that. You know, basically starting unnecessary discourse. They weren't aware of, of the process of how to do that. And then there's like different techniques, like um, how to use certain colors in certain ways or things like that. You know, it, it's it's still a very um, infant like culture in the arts community. Like you know, urban art has existed forever. You know, you got graffiti, you know, things like that. But this is very unique in the fact that customizing is like a, a very unique blend of fashion and art. And, you know, and in that way, it is its own culture in itself. And it is uh, like the bridge between the two. So um, it's kind of like, I, I don't think we as a community have like really decided on like what you know what like the established rule like graffiti has its own set of rules how to do things how to go about it customs and culture it, it has that this is still so, like so new because it mixes so many elements of creativity and culture in, into one and so i started to realize that you know i wanted to play a role in like helping uh helping the culture develop in a in a positive way. Yo, you just even as somebody, you know, not even in that space, you just open my eyes up, like you said, to just the the certain customs as far as the behaviors you mean and just things that are acceptable. Cause I mean you don't think about that when you're not in that particular industry. But if you think about it, every industry has, you know, almost in a sense like that code that what's the right, what's the wrong, you know, different yeah. things like that. But when you're getting into newer concepts or newer things, it's like, where do you draw that line or who's kind of, is this kind of just like a makeshift thing? Is this a trial by fire type thing? Some things that you just have to learn or certain things that, right. you know, other artists just don't have that mindset. So whereas, you know, this can be an understanding amongst sneaker creators or sneaker customizers. At the end of the day, if somebody's mindset or if somebody is just not there, like, or if they just don't think that way or if their personality is just a little bit different, they can still throw off, you know, the, the code or what people are following by or abiding by. Some people are just going to be them. Right, themselves right. on being individuals and just being unique and stuff like that. So it's a very interesting perspective, bro. That's 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 very cool. Something that I'm really wondering about too is that okay, so I see the studio, I see the shoelaces, I see the paint, I see. I could imagine what else you got in there too that we can't even see that's on the camera. So oh, yeah, what is something that's is a lot of right. So as somebody you know not per se a studio owner or anything like that. What are some things that you know you you really had to think about and you really had to consider with the upkeep and with the maintenance of a studio of your caliber? Oh man, uh keeping it clean. Uh <laughs> that that is, you know, something that uh you know, I just never thought. I just thought, you know, okay, whatever. You know, I keep it clean. That's that's what you do. You keep a room clean. But, you know, by nature my creative process um, starts out large and then it condenses to a more refined product. So in that way, my room starts out clean and gets messy as I go <laughs> and I clean up after. So um, that's one thing. But um, managing managing my space because 
orders come in, they just, you know, like this, boom, 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 boom. You know, when your marketing is on points, you know, you will receive those orders. Now, you have to manage your space better, you know, so I have to manage my space in my studio um, a lot better because, I mean, like, there's a pile of shoes over here in this corner and, you know, those belong to people. Now, I have to, you know, produce at a decent space, at a decent um, pace because that will pile up. And now I'm running out of space. Like, let's say, you know, I need a certain um, certain piece of equipment and now I have to consider, like, do I have the space for it? Well, I got this big pile over here, you know, that's taking up space that that equipment might fit in, you know, or recently I had to get more shelves like these shelves. I had to add these in here to optimize my space. Because, you know, otherwise these paint bottles would have been in a drawer that was like falling apart because it was getting too heavy. You know, books, my my list of books, you know, I had to have those put in, in like a, a, a decent shelving because, you know, otherwise they'd be like in a corner somewhere just making a mess, you know, uh, different different things like that. So with a with a studio, it is really to me uh, managing the space and optimizing what kind of uh, room you have. Cause I mean, it's not big, it's not big at all. It's probably, uh, I would say it's a guest room, you know, so it's not that big, you know, but it's not, with it not being so big, I have to optimize the space. And so the smartest thing for me to do was to like get shelving and uh, be really uh, aware of like the pace of production I have so that I'm not just like leaving like unnecessary boxes and uh, unnecessary uh, products that, you know, even stuff that I don't use, that's probably a good one too. It's like, you know, getting, being honest with yourself and getting rid of things you don't use. Maybe it looked like a good idea when you first bought it and it's been like six months, you know, and you used it twice. It's got to go. It's got to go, you know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe you used it once, you know, because you only needed it once, you know, uh, it's got to go, you know, just, just, you know, find somebody else who wants it or, you know, toss it, you know, but uh, space management is probably the, uh, probably the biggest thing for a studio. I would say that's that's important. You use the word aware, but I, I also think too, and just hearing your your method and how you do things and how you did things and how you're even set up, it also sounds like you're very intentional with what you do. Like you said, you knew yeah. that you have to produce at a certain pace. You knew that your drawer was falling apart. You knew that you have to keep this organized. Something that I think about a lot is how that's important, whether it just be a studio, whether it be a store, whether it be a room, whether it be anything. As a creator, as a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to consider yourself, you have to recognize your schedule, your thoughts, your mind, everything like that. You need a space no that can elevate that, not that adds to it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to just have all these ideas, all these orders in your case, all these episodes or content just to do. And then you walk into a disorganized room and you can't find things or you're looking for stuff or you should have thrown that away or it's not clean. Well, that's just adding more fuel. And now you're just like, wow, I'm everywhere with it. So I definitely think that that's important. I can just look at the layout and things from what I can see. And it's very, you know, neat, orderly, making things happen. So I think that that's really important, especially for what you do. It could be paint everywhere sometimes. It could be sneakers everywhere, equipment. Oh, man, for sure. I imagine you. I could imagine when you're really in your bag, when you're really in your zone, it could get a little wild in there. But the fact that you know you set your intentions and and you abide by them very, you know, Strictly and effectively, I think that that's important. So another point that you just brought up, okay, orders. So what is 
I understand that you take orders, you get the customizations too, but is that is that pretty much the the sneaker fair kicks way of operation? Do you do you ever just kind of go out, see a pair of sneakers, buy them, customize them yourself, maybe say, hey, just did these, selling them, or is this all people kind of just coming to you with things that they want and, and visions that they want to bring to life? Or do you ever just kind of just get some pairs in and then just put them out to the public, just put your own spin on things too? Yeah, occasionally. So the the issue again is coming down to uh timing and you know it's the logistics is probably the biggest thing with um creating something personal or creating an original piece and then marketing the piece it is easier to market the brand than market um a piece because now when you make a piece now you have to find the target audience for that piece you know like i'll show you something you know, I did, I made these, you know, as like a, a, a refurbish, you know, I bought them, I refurbished them and then I customized them. Now, obviously you can see this is a, you know, it's a Pokemon and, you know, it's, it's a Pokemon from the OG, you know, back in the day. So this, this shoe fits a specific niche. Not only that, but you know, it's, it's a nine, it's a size nine. So now it's only a particular group of people that can wear this. It's a man's nine. So I have to find a man that wears a nine that likes Pokemon and wears sneakers. So, you know, probably thousands or millions of them. But the issue is that I have to find them and I have to also market and convince someone that this shoe is worth the the price that i say it is which you know i mean for me the price is the price but um you know i'm not so unaware that there is a bit of uh marketing that goes into uh convincing someone that this price is worth the investment because it's an investment you know it no no matter what that these are these are investments because i'm not selling you just a sneaker you can go to nike or whoever and get a pair of sneakers I'm selling you a collector's item, you know, with the advantage that you can wear them. So with that being said, there is a bit of um, an understanding that needs to happen. And I need to be able to convey that value to that person, however, uh, however necessary. So that there's there's that aspect of it. But overall is it is really like a logistical thing and mainly the timing because you know there has to be a significant gap in my time that i have to allot myself to say okay you have this amount of time and this amount of time only to complete this project because maybe i'm in between projects or maybe uh maybe some you know it, it, i have to prioritize something sometimes i have to prioritize one project over another although one of those projects came before the one that i need to prioritize you know it, it could be something as simple as uh, a a client um has a request that that i believe i can handle like a time request and I believe I can handle it. So I have to prioritize one over the other. And that means that any personal projects, any personal ideas I have go on the back burner. You know, it, it can be things like that. It could be uh, like sourcing, sourcing material. I have an idea. I need a certain material or I need a certain shoe base. And it's going to take me some time. Well, I can't prioritize looking for that 
when I have other people's work. And that's the thing is that other people's work come in so fast because, again, it's easier to market the brand than it is to uh, market a complete product. You know, the brand is easy. You know, my Instagram, my Facebook, my website, if you see what I like, then, you know, your brain will fire off and you'll, you'll come up with potential ideas that suit you. So, you know, the brand sells itself. You see what you see, you know, um, maybe you read, you read some of the things I talk about. You might've caught an article or you seen a video that I was in talking about my projects and things and you get inspired. You know, you just need me to make your, uh, your vision a, a reality. That's what you need from me. But when I produce a, a vision, you know, of my own, I'm dependent on you to accept that. So it's it's easier just to, you know, work off what the clients want. But I mean, after after developing a reputation, it, it becomes a lot easier just to sell what you have if you can produce it, um, because at that point, when you have a reputation, it also creates a um an air of rarity to your work. So knowing when people know that what you do is lucrative and that it, it keeps you busy and, and gainfully employed, keeps you engaged. Well, if you manage to produce something that comes out of your head with no outside, uh, no outside inspiration, like a, a client's uh, vision, then they know that that is uniquely to you. That makes that more rare. Uh, maybe you can market that at a higher rate or maybe uh, somebody who actually is looking for that. That's more of a of an art collector's game, you know, and an art collector will more likely be interested in getting that because they're familiar with buying solely off the artist's inspiration. So it, it, it depends, but it's, it's always going to be easier to uh to market the brand than it is to market it, uh, an already pre-made uh, shoe. Definitely. Definitely put it into perspective for me just off the Pokemon size. Nah, yeah, that's very, you know, specific. And whereas you can you can definitely find that. It's definitely very common out there. That's more of a task that you have to put on yourself rather than right. you make you make your service available. They come to you. You bring the vision to life. Much simpler, much, you know, easier turnaround, everything like that. So I like that. OK, you definitely just kind of gave me a different like a perspective, but at the same time, an understanding as to just your thought process was kind of going into that. But also just the art, like you said, the art game in general. I didn't even really think about that it, when it's all said and done. These pieces that you're making, these are collector's items. These are very unique. You know, you're never going to find right. these ever again. So you look back some years from now, just different things like that. Yo, like. This is this is one of a kind. Like you're not getting this, you know, size nine. Just the these the OG Pokemon. You feel me? So okay, I like that a lot, man. So thinking about the outlook of the year, we are we are kind of moving through the year. We're still very early in the year, but there's still a yeah, lot man. of time left to not only be creative, but just to make things happen. Can you leave the people with? With anything, whether it just be some events that you got coming up, what can they look forward to? Because like I said, I already know some people are going to be tapping and I know my fellas in the in the sneaker space I'm, because I know my dogs love the sneaks I mean, I, from the reselling to just the grabbing them to just their own pair. So I already know that some of my people, some of my mutuals is going to be reaching out. But yeah, is there no anything doubt. that you no know doubt. sneaker pair kicks has come in immediate on the horizon or anything that we can look forward to, you know, as the year progresses? Yeah, you could look forward to me uh, becoming more famous. But uh, outside outside of that. The one thing I want to put on people's radar is that we already launched it. This is our second year. 
between me and my partner, Ben Silas. We have a program that we do with local elementary schools. It's called Concept to Kicks. And what this program is, is we teach these students about entrepreneurism, but through the lens of art. Now, it's not necessarily to show them that they, too, if they choose to become artists, you know, can make money off their art. It's, it's not the point. That's like a, um, a residual effect of the program. The program is actually designed to teach them that their thoughts can be manifested into tangible items so that whatever it is that they want to do, and we use those words intentionally, the thoughts can be manifested into a tangible item. So our students could be um, engineers. You know, if they think it, then they can build it. You know, it's we're showing them that it's possible through a very simple idea is that they we give them a blank sheet with like a template of a shoe and we let them design it. We give them a theme. This year's theme is moving across time. So we, we just give them a, a vague concept and we let them decide what those words mean to them. So one of our students did a, did a theme of like overfishing. So she's speaking about what's happening to the ocean and to our climate through overfishing over the years. You know, and we let that ride. That's that's her that's her vision. So what we're doing is we're showing them that, you know, they can be whatever they want to be. But it's through a, a really simple reward system. You know, if they get chosen through the, you know, the hundreds of students that, that we uh allow into, you know, to try this uh this project with us. If they get chosen, they get a, a tangible shoe. You know, they're, they're going to come out of it, boom, with a pair of shoes. So that reward system, that feedback loop, that mental feedback loop is like, I did this. Somebody saw it. They approved of what I did and they created this shows them that, you know, they could do that exact same thing. And so what we also do is that we grab grants and things like that. So these students will also get to participate to include the entire student body in creating murals throughout their their towns and their cities, basically so that um, they can see the concept of improving the areas that they live in. Because these students, be they inner city kids or suburban kids, live in very urban environments. A lot of these kids, you know, they probably don't have the opportunities you know, similar to me, they don't have the opportunities to get a fresh pair of shoes like all the time. So they're getting this, but they're also seeing, you know, that they can improve their own environments through just area beautification. Boom. You know, putting up a mural inside the school, putting up a mural um, somewhere in the city. You know, so that's something I want to put on people's uh, radar. You can uh, find more information about it on my IG page, sneakerfairkicks.com. We also have a GoFundMe. You can really Google it. It's just Concepts to Kicks. You can type in my name, Concept to Kicks, and uh, type in Anthony Amos. That's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-A-M-O-S. You look that up, you'll see us. And uh, please, if you have anything, go ahead and uh, donate something to the GoFundMe page. Anything counts from a dollar to a penny, you know. We'll take it. You know, it's it's for a good cause where, you know, what kids don't like Jordans and, you know, what kids don't want to participate in helping out the community 
And also, again, you know, it's about teaching them about entrepreneurship and teaching them that they can manifest their ideas into tangible things. They, you know, anything is possible for them. And I mean, other than that, you know, just give me a follow, pay attention, because you know I'm I'm active on social media, and uh, this year is going to be a great year. I got some things that I can't necessarily talk about because they're still they're still in works. We're still at the table talking about them, you know. And I don't believe in talking about anything until it's set in stone. But you know they're going to happen for sure. And then who knows what else? Because you know I'm always marketing. I'm always networking. And you never know where you'll find me. But uh, stay tuned. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it, man. I, and y'all know how I feel about the youth, man. I actually had the opportunity to um, be able to speak to Heights Academy in D.C. just about what I do as a podcaster and things like that. So big nice. shout out to my girl, Jackie, for that. And, you know, just like you said, just recognizing that it's so much at their fingertips. And sometimes they just need that exposure. Sometimes they just need somebody there who makes it look absolutely cool. that to them. And the social media that, yeah, all of these rappers and artists and things and, and athletes, they make all this stuff look cool. Well, art can be cool. Podcasting can be cool. Business can be cool. You know, just different things like that. So I, I yeah. love that you're doing that. Yeah. Check out. Um, Appreciate that. Shout out yeah. to you. Because I, I didn't have that, man. I didn't have that at it's all. So important. It's so yeah. important, bro. The fact that, you know, the fact that I always tell people all the time that the fact that we're in these positions to be able to do things that we didn't get done to us, man, it should really make you just without a question, just want to just do it, bro. Just want to knock it out. The fact that, you know, this could be, I think about my little brother. I think about his kids. I think about my kids to come. I think about just generations on generations. The more we just empower them and equip them, yeah, it's going to make it, it's gonna make it just easier and just, you're going to open the world to so many different things, bro. So, so please keep what you're doing up, man. I, I love that. I love that. So yeah, you kind of did it already, that, but I I just want to make sure that we get it clear and concise. So for everybody out there, before we officially close out and wrap things up, can you just tell us where we can tap in with you, where we can see the content, where we can place any orders, everything like that? What's the best places to find you? Absolutely. So the best place to find me is, uh, number one, you can check my website, sneakerfairkicks.com. That's uh, sneaker. It's all one word. Sneaker, F-A-R-E, kicks, with an S, dot com. It's the same thing on IG. IG handles Sneaker Fair Kicks. You can find me on Facebook. Same thing. Or you can use my regular name. I follow you. Other than that, catch me in the wind and catch me on the news. All right, now. I like that, man. Like you said, it's the, the only thing on it. Well, one of the things on the trajectory for the year is just more fame, man, more exposure, all of that. So definitely wishing you that, bro. From me to you, I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that I've never been able to meet you face to face, but you've shown me so much love. You've given me suggestions. You've even hopped on here today. And you've given me insight. You've given me a look into you know, yeah. your story, how you can be what you are, but also how you're not done. You, you just get you really just getting started. You continue to elevate, continue to make things happen. But then you also, you know, left a call to action out there for not only my followers, but for me, but just for different people, for the youth, for generations to come, everything like that. So thank you, bro. Thank you for everything that you got on here. Thank you for being a part of my platform. Thank you for making that impact on the youth, bro, because we need it, especially coming from Chicago to North, just things like the Midwest, well, Chicago is the Midwest, but I can relate as a Northerner, just, you know, what goes right. on up there and just <laughs> everything is bad. yeah. Everything is not the way that it should be just around the world, but just especially in particular places like those, bro. So, you know, just continue to impact, continue to make it happen. Anything that I can do personally or anything that we as the Down to Business podcast can do for Sneaker Fair Kicks, we will definitely make it happen, man. So for everybody out there, for everybody who continues to tap in, who continues to show love, who has made this year such a memorable one so far, 
Thank you. This has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner.